Hello. Grand Risings to you. Shalom. Assalamu alaikum. Great Warrior Wednesday to you. I am your host, Back to the Basics. This is a Back to the Basics brief. I wanted to start to do to do something different on my YouTube channel and also to incorporate that into my podcast. I'm on various platforms. I'm on Speaker, SoundCloud, Anchor, Spotify. I also have a Patreon. I'm on Apple and Google, pending approval for iHeartRadio and CastBox, and I'm on Deezer. I wanted to start a new tradition. You know, it's often been said by many people that we often wait too late to honor our black men. And I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge, respect, and appreciate the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I wanted to pay, uh, play just a short little clip. Um, as some of you, or pretty much most of you already know, he did uh, render a 4th of July speech um, going on, well, a few, going on about two months ago. And I just wanted to play just a little bit of his speech, just a little bit. Let me see, I gotta pull it up. Put my banner up here. It's gonna play just a little bit. I backed it up just a little bit and the uh, link will be in the description box. And I might also pin it to the comment section of, of the YouTube channel. And it'll definitely be, the link will be available in the description on the podcast as well. Let me make sure. Okay. Here we go. This is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan during his July 4th address. But the question that we have to answer today is, are you a hypocrite, America? Because if you did not mean for the black, the brown, the red, and even the poor white, to enjoy the full rights of citizenship, then why call us what we are not? So now we have to call you out. You have to come on the carpet now. Don't talk to us with stupid words because we are deeper than we once were. You can't pacify us with a smooth, crooked tongue 
We know you. We've lived with you for 465 years. So either you mean what you say or our covenant with death will be annulled and our agreement with hell shall be destroyed. So now the Savior offered his presence to the Constitution when he came on the 4th. But he offered us a heart that could fulfill those words. He was making us into a people that don't move on hate, that don't move on the evil of what people say or do. They move on the will of God. So we have invited you today into the garden to meet a nation that the Quran says is the best nation raised among men. For we enjoin good and we forbid evil. I'm just going to stop right there. Once again, the link will be available in the description box. And for those who um, have not subscribed, hey, I'm here. Just make sure, you know, hit the like, hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell. And I'm on also various podcasting platforms. But the link, again, will be in the description. So I'm going to start sharing the screen here. I'm going to go a little bit into his background. So let me take this off the screen that I got here. And I'm going to start sharing the screen. There we go. Let me move myself out of the way because I want you guys to see this. I wish I could blow this up just a little bit more, but I'm going to read it. Some sites, they offer you, offer you the. Uh... So right now I'm on HTTP. Let me get it right here. Let me get it right. There we go. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.noi.org slash minister dash lewis dash farrakhan forward slash the sources will be in the description box but that is the website that i'm on right now and i'm going to be reading through the biography of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan.
The Nation of Islam, under the leadership of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, is the catalyst for the growth and development of Islam in America. Founded in 1930 by Master Fard Muhammad and led to prominence from 1934 to 1975 by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Nation of Islam continues to positively impact the quality of life in America. Minister Louis Farrakhan, born on May 11, 1933 in Bronx, New York, was reared in a highly disciplined and spiritual household in Roxbury, Massachusetts. Raised by his mother, a native of St. Kitts, Louis and his brother Alvin learned early the value of work, responsibility, and intellectual development. Having a strong sensitivity to the plight of Black people, his mother engaged her sons in conversations about the struggle for freedom, justice, and equality. She also exposed them to progressive material, such as the Crisis Magazine, published by the NAACP. Properly known as the Charmer, he achieved fame in Boston as a vocalist, calypso singer, dancer, and violin, a violinist. In February 1955, while visiting Chicago, for a musical engagement, he was invited to attend the Nation of Islam's Savior's Day Convention. So by this time, he's age 22. Although music had been his first love, within one month after joining the Nation of Islam in 1955, Minister Malcolm X told the New York Mosque and the new convert Louis X that Elijah Muhammad had said that all Muslims would have to get out of show business or get out of, of the temple. Most of the, most of the musicians left temple number seven, but Louis X later renamed Louis Farrakhan chose to dedicate his life to the teachings of the honorable Elijah Muhammad. The departure of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in 1975 and the assumption of leadership by Imam W. Dean Muhammad brought drastic changes to the Nation of Islam. After approximately three years of wrestling with these changes and a reappraisal of the condition of Black people and the value of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Minister Farrakhan decided to return to the teachings and program with a proven ability to uplift and reform Blacks. His tremendous success is evidenced by mosque and study groups in over 120 cities in America, Europe, the, the Caribbean, and missions in West Africa and South Africa devoted to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. In rebuilding the nation of Islam, Minister Farrakhan has renewed respect for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, his teachings, and program. Excuse me. At 80 years of age, Minister Farrakhan still maintains a grueling work schedule. He has been welcomed in countless number of churches, churches with Christian ministers from a variety of denominations, which has demonstrated the power of the unity of those who believe in one God. I'm going to stop right there. And yes, I'm going to go on a little rant. 
I will say this, denominations are man-made. You're gonna find denominations in the King James Version of the Bible. What you will find is particularly in the New Testament, you will find the church at Corinth or you'll find the church at Galatia or the church at Ephesus, the church at Rome and various locations. It is the church at and then a location. Denominations are man-made. Moving on, he addressed diverse organizations been received in many Muslim countries as a leading Muslim thinker and teacher and been welcomed throughout Africa, the Caribbean and Asia as a champion in the struggle for freedom, justice and equality. In 1979, he founded The Final Call, an internationally circulated newspaper that falls in the line of the Muhammad Speaks. In 1985, Mr. Farrakhan introduced the power concept in 1988, the resurgent nation of Islam repurchased its former flagship mosque in Chicago and dedicated it as Mosque uh, Merriam, the National Center for the Retraining and Reeducation of the Black Man and Woman of America and the World. In 1991, Minister Farrakhan reintroduced the three years economic program, first established by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to build an economic base for the development of Blacks through business ventures. In 1993, Minister Farrakhan penned the book, A Torchlight for America, which applied the guiding principles of justice and goodwill to the problems perplexing America. In May of that year, he traveled to Libreville, Gabon to attend the second African-American, hold on, let me go back. In May of that year, he traveled to Libreville, Gavin, to attend the second African, African-American summit where he addressed African heads of state and delegates from America. In October of 1994, Minister Farrakhan led 2,000 blacks from America to Accra, Ghana for the Nation of Islam's first International Savior's Day. Ghanaian President Jerry Rawlings officially opened and closed the five-day convention. The popular leader and the Nation of Islam repurchased farmland in Dawson, Georgia, and enjoyed a banner year in 1995 with the successful Million Man March on the Mall in Washington, D.C., which drew nearly two million men. Minister Farrakhan was inspired to call the march out of his concern over the negative image of black men perpetuated by the media with movie industries which focused on drugs and gang violence. Hmm, isn't that interesting? 1995, 25 years ago. Real interesting how negative images of black men still unfortunately perpetuate through the media.
And this isn't to throw any shade on the Million Man March because my mom often brought that up when, uh, whenever I was growing up. So it's a beautiful thing. Getting back to it. The Million Man March established October 16th as a holy day of atonement, reconciliation, and responsibility. Minister Farrakhan took this healing message of atonement throughout the world during three world friendship tours over the next three years. His desire was to bring solutions to such problems as war, poverty, discrimination, and the right to education. Minister Farrakhan would return to the mall on Washington, D.C. in 2000, convening the Million Family March, where he called the full spectrum of members of the human family to unite according to the principle of atonement. Minister Farrakhan performed thousands of weddings as well as renewed the vows of those recommitting themselves in a marriage ceremony. As part of the major thrust for true political empowerment for the black community, Minister Farrakhan re-registered to vote in June 1996 and formed a coalition of religious, civic, and political organizations to represent the voice of the disenfranchised on the political landscape. His efforts and the overwhelming response to the call of the Million Man March resulted in an additional 1.7 million Black men voting in the 1996 presidential elections. In July 1997, the Nation of Islam, in conjunction with the World Islamic People's Leadership, hosted an international Islamic conference in Chicago. A broad range of Muslim scholars from Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Middle East, along with Christian, Jewish, and Native American spiritual leaders participated in the conference. Following the, the September 11, 2001 attacks against the United States, Minister Farrakhan was among the international religious voices that call for peace and resolution of conflict. He also wrote two personal letters to President George Bush, offering his counsel and perspective on how to respond to the, to the national crisis. He advised President Bush to convene spiritual leaders of various faiths for counsel. Prior to the war on Iraq, Minister Farrakhan led a delegation of religious leaders and physicians to the Middle East in an effort to spark the dialogue among nations that could prevent war. Marking a new milestone in a life that has been devoted to the uplift of humanity, Minister Farrakhan launched a prostate cancer foundation in his name, May 10th through 11th, 2003. First diagnosed in 1991 with prostate cancer, he survived a public bout and endured critical complications after treatment that brought him 180 seconds away from death. I'm going to say this, like I said before in a previous broadcast, Black men's health is not emphasized like it should be. It's definitely not emphasized as much as women's health. 
Now you may agree or disagree, but that's my own personal opinion. I feel that more is said about breast cancer and ovarian cancer than it is with prostate cancer or uh, testicular cancer. Moving on, in July of that year, Minister Farrakhan accepted the request to host the first of series of summits centered on the principles of reparations. Nearly 50 activists from across the country answered his call to discuss operational unity within the reparations movement for black people suffering in the transatlantic slave trade culminating the Nation of Islam Savior's Day Convention in February 2004, Minister Farrakhan delivered an international address entitled Reparations, What Does America and Europe Owe? What Does Allah, God, Promise? Stepping further into the vanguard position of leadership, calling for justice for the suffering masses of black people and all oppressed people throughout the world. Now, I'm going to pause right here and I am going to add some commentary before I push forward. So this is February 2004 that all of this was going down. Where was the black church when all this was going on? Hmm. Okay, black ministers. Where were, were y'all at when all this was going on? Now, I'm not talking about the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. Looking to me like comparing the nation of Islam to the black church looks like the black church is coming up short in general. Now, I understand there's going to be specific, there's going to be some exceptions to the rule, but in general, looks like, again, the black church is coming up short. I said it, it is what it is. I am going to read back over part of this paragraph just to emphasize reparations. In July of that year, Minister Farrakhan accepted the request to host the first of a series of summits centered on the principles of reparations. Nearly 50 activists from across the country answered his call to discuss operational unity within the reparations movement for Black people suffering in the transatlantic slave trade, culminating the Nation of Islam Savior's Day convention in February 2004, Minister Farrakhan delivered an international address entitled Reparations. What does America and Europe owe? What does Allah, God, promise? Stepping forth into the vanguard position 
of leadership calling for justice for the suffering masses of Black people and all oppressed people throughout the world. I would like to just focus on one key word before I move on, and that's vanguard. Now, it's interesting how I saw that word whenever I was researching the Black Panther Party. And it would be wrong for me not to mention Bobby Seale, the late Huey P. Newton, and Brother uh, Elderidge. Now, some of you may think that, well, you know, the Black Panther Party, you know, that was a failure and, you know, it didn't last. Real interesting. You see, I don't see it that way. I don't see the Black Panther Party as a failure. What I see because, OK, here, 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 here's how I, I argue that it's not a failure or that I should say it was not a failure because of, because of the Black Panther Party was such a failure then why did the federal government move so quickly to announce it as a uh, hate group? And then also you had the head of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, move against it as well. There were people planted within the organization within that the organization in order to stir up conflict and split the party. And yes, unfortunately that did happen, but looking at the model of the Black Panther Party, if it was a failure, then why did the government move so quickly against it to destroy it? Hmm. Back to the article. On May 3rd, 2004, Minister Farrakhan held an international press conference at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., themed Guidance to America and the World in a Time of Trouble. The press conference sought to expose the plans and schemes of President George W. Bush and his neoconservative advisors who plunged American soldiers into worldwide conflict with the occupations of Afghanistan and Iraq. This international press conference was translated into Arabic, French, and Spanish. Before I go any further, I am going to put a banner across the screen. And I'm going to remind you that none of my statements are endorsed by the United States Army, Department of Defense, and or any other military branch, element, government, entity. And I'm going to leave it scrolling across the screen for those who are watching. And for those who are listening, none of my statements are endorsed by the United States Army, Department of Defense, and or any other military branch element or government entity. Moving on. In October 2005, after months of a demanding schedule traveling throughout the U.S., Minister Farrakhan called those interested in establishing a programmatic trust 
for Black people in America and oppressed people across the globe to participate in the Millions More movement, which convened back at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. on the 10th anniversary of the historic Million Man March. The Millions More movement involved the formation of nine ministries that would deal with the pressing needs of our people. Also in 2005, Minister Louis Farrakhan was voted as BET's Persons of the Year as the person users believe made the most powerful impact on the Black community over the past year. We're getting there. We're almost at the end. In April 2006, Minister Farrakhan led a delegation to Cuba to view the emergency preparedness system of the Cuban people in the wake of the massive failure to prevent the loss of human life after Hurricane Katrina in August 2005. In January 2007, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan underwent a major 14-hour pelvic exoneration in just a few weeks and as a testament to the healing power of God, Minister Farrakhan stood on a stage at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan on February 25, 2007 to deliver the first of several speeches that year with the theme, One Nation Under God. On October 19, 2008, after nearly a year of extensive repairs and restoration, Minister Farrakhan opened the doors and grounds of mosque. Marion to thousands of people representing all creeds and colors during a much anticipated rededication ceremony themed a new beginning. This day also served as the as the com yeah, excuse me, the commemoration of the 13th anniversary of the historic Million Man March and Holy Day of Atonement. The prayers of spiritual leaders representing the three Abrahamic faiths, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam were offered to bless this momentous affair. Those who were present that day and who watched live via internet webcasts throughout the world Witness Minister Farrakhan's message of unity and peace for the establishment of a universal government of peace for all humanity. And that is the end. Of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's bio. It can be found at NOI.org. And now I'm going to stop sharing that screen. There we go. We're just about there. I didn't want this to be long, but I did want to take some time to honor, to honor um, Minister Louis Farrakhan. This was him on the day on July 4th, as you see here in this picture on July 4th, 2020, when he delivered his address. Here is a quote from him. Black leadership has to recognize that principles more than speech 
character more than a clan. Eh, excuse me. Let me start over. Black leadership has to recognize that principles more than speech, character more than acclaim is greater in advancing the cause of our liberation than what has transpired thus far. That was a quote from Louis Farrakhan. And I'm going to end with a picture of first Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This is a picture stating, we're coming to get our check. <laughs> and the last picture I'm going to put up here is a quote from Malcolm X. Learn to see, listen, and think for yourself. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Back to the Basics. This is a Back to the Basics brief. And I just wanted to honor our Black men who are still here with us, who are not six feet under. I love you as a sister. The Most High be with you to lead, guide, and direct your footsteps. Have a wonderful Warrior Wednesday. I'm gone. <laughs>